Hello, welcome to Seek Go Create. Tim Winders, your host here. Got a great topic today. I'm going to be covering it solo. Man, it's something that we see that we all need. We all need this. It's uh, the power of emotional intelligence. That's the topic today. We're going to be doing some tips, some strategies, and just why it's important. You know, uh, it's fascinating. I've recently been doing some work with chat GPT and just been kind of getting some some things that I'm working on, some some articles that I've been writing and things like that. One of the things I was working on recently was some things that we're doing on YouTube with Seek Go Create, some things we're doing with the podcast. And what's fascinating is, is as we were integrating and interacting and just going back and forth, I I just kind of asked some questions like, what are some topics that our people really, really need? People that are leaders, people that are trying to redefine success, people that are attempting to be all that they could be so that they can achieve and accomplish what they're created for. And one of the top topics that came back was related to this one we're discussing today, which is emotional intelligence. And I've always interacted with emotional intelligence. I've always kind of taught it, worked with it for now 30 plus years. There's some great stuff out there, but I really felt like we might want to just take an episode and focus directly on emotional intelligence. So that's what we're going to be doing here. So let's dive in. I've got about seven bigger points that we're going to be looking at, but we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence and some tips for effective leadership or really this is effective life type stuff, not just for leaders. We address leaders here at Seek Go Create, but but uh, a lot of this is just life type stuff. So let's kind of get started by defining what emotional intelligence is, because I think a lot of people get a little bit fuzzy on that word. It sounds like it's a big deal, but emotional intelligence is really one of the more important skills that we will ever have. And it's something that we must examine and redefine all the time. Now, one of the things we're going to be doing here is we're going to be going over some tips and strategies. I'm going to be talking some high level stuff and also talking about some base level things and strategies that we need to be doing. So it's going to have some practical aspects to it. It's going to have a little bit of spiritual because I always tie that in with, uh, with kind of who we are and what we are. And, uh, and then also think it might uh, provoke you to do some things a little bit differently, because I, I think doing some study for this kind of calls me to do that. So I believe it may do the same for you. So we just and remember the goal in mind is to be better people, be better at life and be more effective leaders. That's what we're attempting to do here is is to identify some skills, some ways, some tips that we can become better people, better leaders. So uh, we're also going to make sure, you know, many times in the world that we're in with um, with self-help, with leadership development, it can kind of get off in the weeds away from some of what I believe many of your and my uh, foundation is for our spiritual beliefs. And so one of the things we will do is make sure that we tie that into who we are spiritually. And that is this. This is kind of my my belief in that. And that is always understanding that there's something bigger than us out there. I think there are people that they believe and they function and operate in this mindset that the world revolves around them. And I was about to say that's okay. I don't think that's okay, 
but I guess it's okay to recognize that there are people that are always going to be that way. We're not going to change them. And so everything we're talking about here with emotional intelligence is going to revolve around the concept that there's a bigger picture than just us. It's bigger than us. There's other people involved. It's not all about me. And so that's an important foundational principle as we, uh, as we go through this. So let's look at what intelli emotional intelligence is. It's the ability to recognize and understand one's own emotions. Now, <laughs> emotions are kind of a funny topic for me because it's a bit of a joke in our family. And I think my father was this way. I think my grandfather was this way is that I'm not typically one that would show a lot of emotions. The reason I bring that up here is don't, don't get sidetracked thinking this is only about emotions. We're tying this together. It's emotional intelligence. And that means understanding our emotions, having some awareness and understanding of others' emotions, and understanding how it all fits together and how we lead our lives, how we interact with other people, how we lead and attempt to be the most effective leader that we can be. So it's not just about us. It's not just about others. It's how that integrates. And we want to use that, use that information to guide our thinking and our behavior. And there's a word I'm going to throw out here. To me, it's basically using wisdom. And wisdom, it'd be great if we just knew more about ourselves. It would be awesome if we knew about more about other people. I think wisdom is where we're able to marry those two together and make it work for us in our day-to-day -day lives, leadership, business, ministry, things that we do. So we're going to use the word wisdom to uh, describe what we're learning here about emotional intelligence. Now, one word of caution here. And I was once this way. I have interacted with people. I'm sure that you have too. I'm hoping, I'm hopeful if you're listening in on this, that you're not this way, but I want you to make sure that you avoid the, that's just the way I am. I can't change, deal with it mindset. Because it's real easy to do that, especially if we get a little bit lazy, if we get a little bit fatigued, if we get a little bit tired, if we get frustrated, it's very easy to do something like, ah, this stuff's too hard. I don't want to make adjustments. I don't want to change. I don't want to learn more about myself. I don't want to learn about other people. I am just the way I am. Don't be that person. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be that leader that basically says it's my way or the highway because I, I can tell you there might be some places that that style, that mindset can be effective, but I believe it would be extremely limited and I think it would be extremely short term. Don't be that person. So that's not just the way you are. We can change, we can adjust. And that's what we're going to be talking about here during this, uh, this episode, this session. Emotional intelligence is a vital aspect of leadership that is often overlooked. People look for skills, they look for techniques, they look for, uh, you know, ways to do meetings better. And we, we talk a lot about that here at Seek Go Create. We do because it's important. But this this outside of our spiritual foundation is probably 
the most important thing we can do. Emotional intelligence, vital aspect of leadership. It's often overlooked. And again, it is the ability to recognize and understand one's own emotions as well as the emotions of others and to use this information to guide our thinking and behavior. Last thing I want to mention here in this, I guess, introduction before I get into some tips is I want to talk about the concept or the understanding of how we are made up, how we were created, how we are built. And I believe, and this is scriptural, I believe that we are spirit, soul, and body. There's three things that make us up. There's the physical aspect of it for those watching the video or, or, or you know, I've got my physical aspect. I'm, you know, sitting here, I'm, I'm in a chair. I've got my, my black shirt on that I always wear a lot of black shirts. And this is my body. This is the physical aspect of me. And then there's the spiritual aspect to me. And some people may not believe in this, but I believe there is something beyond us. I believe there's a higher power. I actually happen to believe it's God. And I believe in the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. I believe in the God of the Bible. That's my belief. But even if you don't, there is probably a spiritual aspect that you come to understand. It's that feeling you get when something is going on and you just feel like there's something else out there. That's that spirit. We're not going to talk about that here, but we are spirit, body, and we are soul. And soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's what controls a lot of our body. It's what, uh, it's what controls a lot of what we're talking about here, which is emotional intelligence or emotions. And so I only wanted to bring that up just to make sure that we're clear that emotional intelligence is not all there is, just like our physical aspect is not all that there is. And the spirit realm is not all that there is. Those three work together. I don't know if they're like a three legs of a stool or they just integrate all into one, I think is more a better way of looking at it. They all come together in one, which is me, which is you. And the more we understand that, or at least attempt to understand it or recognize it, then then the, the better equipped we are to talk about topics like we're talking about today, which is emotional intelligence. So spirit, soul, and body, and reminder that the soul is mind, will, and emotions. And we're going to be discussing those items related to the soul of mind, will, and emotions here in emotional intelligence. Okay, let's go to tip number one here. And let's make sure that we understand the basics of emotional intelligence. And uh, let's just look at some of the key components. We're going to be looking at each one of these a little bit more. Key components of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. All of those by themselves have a powerful and, and they really do impact the way we interact with ourselves and with others. And so we're going to look at each one, but I want to make sure that we're clear emotion and emotional intelligence is how they all fit together. They all come together at one. It's not just one or the other. It's not just being self-aware because one can be extremely self-aware, but not have good social skills or empathy. One can be very empathetic, but not be self-aware. And so all of those fit together. Self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and 
social skills. These components can help us, you, me, become more aware of our own emotions and the emotions of others. That's why we're going to break down each one of these to understand how it fits into the bigger concept of emotional intelligence. And so what we want to do is just begin peeling back layers or uncovering those, those levels of understanding so that we can be, and this is where we're going with this, more effective communicators, interact with people better, and also be more effective leaders. Because it's my belief, I believe you would believe this too, that you can't be a more effective leader if you're not an effective communicator. And so all the goal is, see, it's building on things. In fact, all of this will kind of build upon each other, that we want to understand how all these fit together so that we can move into the practical, which is communicate better and be a better leader. And it's fascinating. I've used this example before that I've been married going on 35 years. And most of that time we've been married, I've been one that would be, I guess, a growth-minded person. My wife is too. Glory, we study, we read, we, we do a lot of the things we're about to talk about here on these tips. But yet, even with that, we will have situations that arise that will show us that we need to continue growing in the area of effective communications, emotional intelligence, interacting with others, understanding each other, understanding ourselves, being self-aware, and then understanding others. And so this is a constant process. Don't think it's something that you're going to get the three to five steps we're about to talk about here, seven steps, and you're done, put it aside, and then you can kind of move on and do something else. No, this is constant. And that is the thing that I think we need to understand the most is the ongoing process of emotional intelligence. And I'm going to talk in a moment just about some reasons why it's a constant challenge. So tip number one, understanding how all of those fit together, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. Tip number two, we want to talk about developing self-awareness. I had someone ask me not long ago. I believe it was a coaching client or someone that was talking to me about coaching that I do. I'm an executive coach. I work with leaders and leadership teams. And they were asking me if you could help someone with one thing, what would it be? And I, I think it might have been a question I was asking, uh, answering on the Wisdom app where you've got 60 seconds to answer. So I don't have the link that we're talking about emotional intelligence here. And they said, if someone can develop one area of their life to be successful, to redefine success, to do better in life, what might it be? And, and I answered to be more self-aware, to understand ourselves a little bit more every day, every week, every month, every year. So develop self-awareness is the tip number two that we're talking about here. And it is so important to understand more about who we are. It is the ability to recognize one's own emotions and thoughts and understand how they influence behavior. And, and you know, a lot of us will say, especially those of us that maybe hold our emotions kind of under check as far as 
what external people see, that doesn't mean there's not a lot going on inside. And in fact, that's part of the challenge with this many times is that some people look really strong, really confident, really bold on the outside when there's a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of scars, there's a lot of wounds on the inside related to emotions. And just because we don't see it on the outside doesn't mean there's not a lot going on on the inside. I've actually recognized it over the last few years with all the change that's gone on in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy, I understand goal setting, I understand achievement, I understand quote unquote success. And the last few years have been kind of weird for me with all the weird news that's been going on with pandemic and things happening in the world and more division than we probably have seen, more that's going on as far as conflict on social channels and things like that. I've recognized this has probably eaten away at my emotions more than I would care to admit. My guess is, is that some of you are the same. And so I've had to come to terms with, I need to work on some of the items to be more aware of that and work through it and understand that for me, I need to be in a creative mode more than in a thinking and, and, and looking at news and trying to understand what's going on in the world mode. And so I've had to kind of make some shifts and adjustments and, uh, and maybe you do too. And so it's important to understand and be more self-aware. Strategies, tips, ways to be more self-aware. Quiet time. And you're going to hear this over and over again in talking about uh, emotional intelligence is cutting off a lot of the distractions and what's going on around us. Journaling. Journaling for me is powerful because there's something that goes on when you take a pen or a, I've got a digital pen with my digital pad and you your brain can't typically multitask when you're writing something. And so to capture your thoughts, I spend time in prayer when I journal and it's sometimes me conversing with me. And then I open it up and I say, God, do you have anything to say to me? And many times I believe he speaks to me while I'm journaling. So journaling is a way to really reflect on yourself and be more self-aware. You know, a lot of people will say just mindfulness or meditation is a way to do that. I actually, I like to look at it at a, as a different way, as a, as a follower of Christ or Christian. I think there's some things in the meditation world that can kind of go down a spiritual path that's not of my belief system. That's, you know, fine if it's yours, but it's not mine. And so I like to do it maybe spending more time in prayer, but I'll, I'll say it in a real practical way. Let's just take the meditation, mindfulness, prayer off the table. This is a pr practical strategy, and I'm going to give you an example to, to use. I think that what we have to do is be still and quiet and clear the mind of the garbage, the junk, the stuff that's going on, do a reset and I'm going to use the example of a pressure cooker so that you might can understand it better. If you are of a certain age, you understand and remember times before we had crock pots and instant pots and things like that. And it was when things were cooked under pressure with an old pressure cooker that was typically on a stovetop and water would boil or it would come under pressure, it would seal. And there would be this little thing on top of it that you would start to hear whistle with pressure, or when you flipped it around, that pressure would release from this pressure cooker. 
And see what I've come to believe is I think many times our soul and sometimes our physical body, we start having so many things pile on us that we start operating under that pressure, just like the pressure cooker. And it builds and it builds and it builds and it makes it difficult for us to see ourselves with clarity. It becomes difficult for us to see other people with clarity. It becomes difficult to make decisions with clarity. And so somehow, some way, we need to relieve that pressure. Now, some unhealthy ways of relieving pressure would be substance abuse or substance, period. I'm just going to have a drink or two or three or four. I'm just going to have a sip of wine or open up a bottle. Or I'm just going to get the remote, turn on the TV and stream things until 2, 3, 4 a.m. Or there's much more possibly destructive habits that we can talk about that people will fool themselves attempting to relieve the pressure from that pressure cooker. It's my belief for me and a lot of the people I interact with that I coach, work with, that I observe that being still and quiet, journaling, prayer, if you want to call it meditation, quiet, is one of the most powerful ways of relieving that pressure of that pressure cooker, which is our lives. And then that allows us to have a lot more understanding of ourself. And so that's an important thing. So uh, that example of the pressure cooker, I think is going to stick in your mind. So your goal to be more self-aware, to help with emotional intelligence is to relieve pressure from the pressure cooker, which is us. Uh, other ways, other practical strategies for being more self-aware. We can take personality assessments. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them that I like more than others. In future episodes and teachings, I'm going to be talking more about those. But just take an assessment. You know, Myers-Briggs, DISC. I like strength finders. Uh, you know, there's Enneagram, which is one of my least favorite that's out there right now. I'll be explaining that later. But personality assessments, they just help you understand yourself a little bit better. Now, because I'm a coach, I work with leaders, executives, and other people. I believe that one of the best ways of becoming more self-aware is to humbling yourself, humble yourself, and to go get a coach. And it could just be a conversation or two. It could be someone that's informal that you talk to, that you know they could speak truth into your life. It could be someone that you contract with or you interact with, like myself, that works with you and you know that they are going to speak things to you that will... Uh, relieve some of that pressure or will call some things out or, or, or will make you more self-aware and maybe help you see some blind spots that you don't see. So uh, I think it's important to have someone that's not a coach. Maybe it might be your spouse. Maybe it might be someone else that can speak into your life and that you can, I guess, uh, help with uh, self-awareness. Um, some ways that being self-aware can help you, I guess, in decision-making and relationships. I'll give you a couple examples of myself. I am one that has fairly quick decision-making processes. <laughs> in other words, I'll look at things and just real quick make a decision and be pretty firm and confident about that. Now, that can be beneficial in some areas. It can be a challenge in other areas. And some of you probably have that too. It's, it's a tendency of a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders. I have found that that's uh, it's, a, it's a skill 
and it's beneficial at times, but at times I need to pause, slow down and not make such quick decisions. And so decision-making is one. And it also can be impactful in dealing with other people. Because if you're around a team, if you're part of an organization, if you lead a group, then while it's good at times to make quick decisions, to be able to collaborate, to solicit other people, get other people on board so they're part of the, uh, the mission and what is going on, that can be very helpful. So that's just one example of just a self-awareness item that's very helpful. So remember, self-awareness, the ability to recognize our own emotions and thoughts and understand how they influence behavior. Okay, let's jump down to tip number three. And it's something that we're going to be calling practicing self-regulation, self-regulation. It's important to be able to regulate, I'm, I'm going to use a word that's control, that a lot of people like, a lot of people may, may not like, but self-regulation is the ability to manage one's own emotions and behavior in different situations. This is essential for effective leadership. It allows us to remain calm and composed in challenging situations. Now, I want to say this is control, not being stifling. Um, I have on our podcast, Seek Go Create here, I have interviewed a lot of people. And a conversation that I have often when I speak to female leaders is something to the effect of why is it that male leaders have the ability, and this is generalizing, so apologize for this, but male leaders have the ability to raise their voices, to uh, get mad, to get angry, to be real, real forceful and direct in their communications around meetings and things like that. But it seems as if women do not have that much grace. We don't typically, and I say we, because I probably do this too, we don't allow women to raise their voices and to show more emotions. We should do that. But one of the things that I want to say related to this is this doesn't mean that we have to be calm and monotone at all times. There are times when it is important to show some degree of, we'll call it emotion here. And uh, I've done it a few times. In fact, we were, I was joking with my wife the other day. We, we were talking about something and um, she brought up a situation that goes way back to our days of dating. The next time we do a, um, a uh, combined episode where, where I bring her on the episode, I, will, I might actually share, we share, might share this story. But it was something that, it was a mistake I made years ago before we were even engaged. So about 38 years ago, she still remembers it. I try to forget it. She still remembers it. But, uh, but it was a situation that we were talking about just that I messed up. That wasn't the reason that I was bringing it up here. I was bringing it up here because we were talking about situations where just remaining calm. And I brought up the fact that it has been very rare that I have raised my voice in our relationship. And, uh, and when I do, I usually get people's attention because I do that. Now, I, I actually believe I'm probably one that I need to do that more often as something that I need to do because I've been given some feedback on that. But some of us, and you might know who you are, some of them might need to dial it down a little bit 
Um, we unfortunately have seen recently in some areas of ministry that there's been some leaders that have been abusive, maybe not physically, but you know what? Just being verbally abusive is almost as bad, if not sometimes more emotionally damaging to people, especially in ministry settings. And and it's when people have just, that pressure cooker has just boiled. It, it hasn't been allowed to be released and and they just become jerks. And truthfully, that's not effective leadership, which is what we're looking for here. So remember, remain calm and composed in challenging situations. But I want to remind us again, it is control, not being stifling, still being you, but using your unique skills. And uh, one of the things that I want to use, this is an example that I like to talk about. We are all created for a certain reason. I have strengths. You have strengths. We also have some things that might be weaknesses. That's one of the reasons I like the Strengths Finder, is that it identifies your strengths. Strategy is one of my top strengths, and I love doing strategic things. Uh, what's interesting, and I'll use strategy as an example, sometimes our skills, our strengths can really be our superpower. If I'm called in to work within an executive team or an executive leader, I am almost automatically going to be moving towards what can we do with strategy? What can we do to begin being strategic about doing things over the next 30, 60, 90 days to strategically improve what we're doing with the organization and the leadership with, with what we have here? So that's a superpower of mine. But you know what? Our superpower can also become our kryptonite to use the Superman example. And a there are times that strategy, overthinking things, wanting to really lay out the plans and details can become kryptonite for me. There's times that, you know, you just need to kind of move forward and do things. There are times in working with organizations that I have to identify. We've got some sickness. When I'm looking at working with organizational health, there's some sickness here. There's some real challenges that we've got to address and yeah, we can be strategic about it, but you know, we're not going to be doing strategic things until we get this wound, this, this thing healed until we do the uh, pre-operation, you know, the, um, the strategy to kind of get this, to get this taken care of. So anyway, you can have your skills be a superpower, but remember that could also be kryptonite. Keep that in mind. So here's some strategies for self-regulation or just being a little more control, setting boundaries. And uh, that's just like controlling your time, controlling other people's time, creating boundaries about rela around relationships, because there may be certain people, let's just go ahead and go here. There may be certain people that they push your buttons more than other people. And you know they do, but you have to deal with them. You have to interact with them. You know what? You could set boundaries that you set up appointments with them. Could be people that work for you. Could be people that you work for could be uh, employees or, or customers or people that you contract with. It could be family members. It could be all types of people. Set boundaries. What do I mean by that? Well, let me give you a practical example. Let's just say that there's an employee that they come knocking on your door, they call you up or whatever quite often. And every time it does, it kind of triggers you. It causes some issues for you. You kind of feel your blood boil. You look up from your desk or you, or you see the text come in or you see the email come in and you just automatically think, oh boy, it's, it's Joe here coming at me. Well, one of the things you can be setting boundaries is be a little more proactive. Schedule times. 
so that you on your schedule interact with Joe. Say, hey, Joe, listen, there's a lot of interaction we have, but I know you've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of things to accomplish. Why don't we set a 30 or 45 minute session every week where you and I talk and we just flush out everything that's going on. We get it on the table. We cover it. We address it right then and there. That's a boundary that you have set that helps you. I believe it also helps Joe and and it also helps you with your schedule. You're not sitting here, hopefully, uh, you know, having your blood boil or that pressure over over overflowing from that pressure cooker every time you get that text from Joe. So setting boundaries, managing stress. We've talked about that with the pressure cooker. What do you need to do to manage stress? Uh, I've got a leader that I work with that uh, that he would be considered a pacer. Uh, he kind of goes out and walks a good bit. And often when we have phone calls, he will be out uh, <laughs> doing kind of laps. I know that's one of his stress relievers. Standing behind a desk or sitting at a desk builds up stress. He goes out and goes on a walk. I know that I am able to go out, put something in that I'm listening to, and just relieve some stress. Might be exercise. Might be someone you interact with. It might be something that's just mindless. Uh, you know, mountain biking, hiking, something like that. But know what it is for you that helps you manage stress. We've said this before. It's going to come up in a lot of these tips. Mindfulness, mindfulness, quiet time, prayer, all of those, all of those, they help relieve the pressure of that pressure cooker that is us that builds up. So self-regulation, controlling our emotions. It's a leadership skill helps us with leadership relationships that we all need. Let's go to tip number four, cultivate empathy. Boy, this is a tough word for me. Tough one for me because many times, many times we will uh, not, <laughs> we will not uh, be good at this. So let's look at empathy. And, um, you know, this is closely related to sympathy and other things like that. But uh, you know, empathy is something that we all need. And I think we can all admit that in the world we're in today, with all that is going on, we need a lot more of it. So here's the importance of it. It is the ability to understand and share the feelings, the feelings, the feelings, the feelings of others. And uh, that's something that might be tough for some of us to grasp but we need to. It is an essential component of emotional intelligence. It helps us build trust and create a positive work culture, a work environment, a team, an organization, a family, a group of people that is devoid of empathy is one that is very short term in all likelihood will not last. And so we must have empathy. And, uh, and, you know, there's just some basic tools, I guess, that we could use. I've attempted to work these into the way I do things. And uh, a few of those are this. Active listening. And it's easy to say active listening because a lot of us will say, what does active listening really, really mean? Well, active listening means a lot of stuff. But for me, it means asking questions. Okay, asking questions, really being curious about other people, wanting to understand their point of view, where they're coming from, 
and then listening to what they say and then being able to respond, recite it, understand it. It may not be anything that I believe, but active listening. One of the reasons I love doing what I do with the interviews at Seek Go Create is I'm just curious. I love developing that skill of asking questions of people that that might be different than me, different parts of the world. Interviewed someone from Melbourne, Australia this last week. Interviewed someone just yesterday that's up on a in an island in Michigan. And I just love having those interactions. I think it helps me with empathy. I believe it would help you if you just ask more questions, listened, understand different perspectives in the world we are in today. The ability to understand different perspectives, not that we have to agree with it. I'm not saying you have to change your belief system, but it is nice to have empathy and understanding of different perspectives. And then just practicing compassion, just practicing that. And I need this. We all need this. You know, in the, in the world we're in with business and I know with leaders listening in, I think some of you need to hear this. We go about our day. We've got, you know, key things that are important for us, like profit and customers and, and, and employees and things like that. We've got things that are just coming at us all the time. And many times it is so easy to push aside that, that, that desire to be compassionate and to just be understanding and to attempt to try to find out where other people are coming from. And let me give you a real example that's important that improves leadership skills. This is what I coach. I've got a, um, I've got a, uh, an executive that I work with that would be extremely task-minded. They are very good at getting things done. And they have a number of people that report to them. And one of the things that we've built into their tasks, because they would go long periods of time possibly without doing this, is the task of blocking 30 minutes to having a conversation with the people that report to them. <laughs> and that's important. And they went, oh, okay, I've never thought about that. It forces to ask questions. How are you doing? What's going on? Are you doing okay? Are you, do you have everything you need to get your job done and to get the work done? You know, is your energy levels okay? Is your work-life balance good? Those sound like soft questions, but they are important questions for emotional intelligence and for the skills that you need for empathy. So you can build that in. If you're a leader, and I coach this with people I work with, if you haven't communicated one-on-one -on -one with everyone that directly reports to you, and if you've got an organization that's, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 people, 50 people or less, I believe that every 90 days you need to almost have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with everyone in your organization. Doesn't have to be long. Could just be a real quick, you know, hey, how you doing, Joe, or something like that but it allows you to really work those empathy muscles, which we all need. It helps you in that relationship that you've got to have to be an effective leader. It helps you understand and share the feelings of others. Let's go to tip number five, building strong relationships. All of this is working towards building strong relationships. This is the importance of social skills and emotional intelligence. The reason that we want empathy, the reason that we need to be self-aware and 
and to be able to self-regulate is so that we can build strong relationships. Social skills are the ability to interact effectively with others and listen. That's leadership, folks. That's leadership 101 is the ability to interact effectively with other people. They're essential for building strong relationships, which becomes the important aspect of leadership. Embrace this. Do not ignore this. Make it a lifelong quest to improve your social skills. Now, let me go and say this. It's going to change a little bit with age. Maturity with differences in generations. And it's especially going to change with technology. Because if we were having this conversation 20, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have, I'm holding up my phone for the people that are watching this. We wouldn't have cell phones. We wouldn't have the computers that we're on. We wouldn't have podcasts, YouTube, all these things that we have. So technology is making this more interesting and more challenging at the same time. And it's also impacting generations. One of the things I've noticed is that the emotions of my generation, I'm the tail end of the baby boom generation, we really do kind of keep our emotions, I don't want to say in check. We don't like sharing them. We don't like people to see us bleed or, or have issues. The, uh, the generations really behind us, and especially the generations of my children and others, they show emotions more. And, and I typically don't like that. I've got to get used to it because it just is the way it is. So younger generations need to understand they may be dealing with some less emotional people if they're dealing with more mature people that are in my age bracket. And we've got to understand that there might be more emotions involved with others that are, that are dealing with so much stuff with technology. They've grown up connected and it's just different. So uh, we've got to embrace it. It's lifelong. We're never going to arrive and have all of this. Strategies for building <laughs> strong relationships. Basically, interact with a lot of people. That's, that's the simplicity of it. Network. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your small circle, your small space of people that you deal with, just your family or just people in your small clique or, or, the, or your work or things like that. Get around other people in settings and environments that force you to build relationship skills that you do not currently have. One of the things I love about uh, interacting with people in different age brackets because it forces us to think differently. I would like to say that social media and the digital aspect of communication helps us. The verdict's still out on that. I think sometimes it hurts, but if nothing else, it allows us to interact with people outside of our typical circle if we can step outside of the algorithms that are trying to force us to hang out with people that are just like us. Practice effective communications, interviews, talking to people outside of your, your circle uh, or your, your, your small clique that you might be in. We do kind of go gravitate towards small cliques. So effective communication, collaboration, work on projects, on things. I just got a call this morning from a buddy that I've known for 20 years. He's kind of in the generation behind me or even uh, beyond that, a little bit younger than me, probably 15 years younger than me, and gave me a call. I was actually sitting down in quiet time, just spending time with the Lord, sort of in prayer, and my phone rings. And I saw who it was. I answered it. And uh, it's someone that often 
we don't talk often, but we, when we talk, it is more of a collaboration. I love hearing how he thinks. I'm hopeful and I believe that he likes hearing how I think. So collaboration is important in developing social skills. Basically, the thing we're talking about here is practice. Practice making this a lifelong quest to improve our social skills. Practice it over and over and over again. Get reps, get reps, get reps. So, and keep this in mind. For those of you that might think this is a soft skill, workers, team members, people that want to interact with you, they will take less pay and benefits if they have a healthy relationship with people that they interact with or work with. So this is the glue that holds most organizations, families, relationships together. And that is the ability to relate, the ability to listen, the ability to understand, the ability to have the social skills to interact with other people. Tip number six, it is so important to be a continuous learner. And especially when it comes to emotional intelligence, continuous learning is the ongoing process of acquiring new knowledge and skills. Ongoing process of acquiring new knowledge and skills, growing, basically growth. It is essential for developing emotional intelligence. It keeps us open to new ideas and perspectives. This is a muscle. You know, you go to the gym, you work out muscles, and you know you've got to keep working those muscles out to keep them growing and to keep them flexible and to keep them healthy. This is a muscle you've got to keep growing and working. And that is the thought that you have a growth mindset, the thought that you can grow and do new things, continue doing that. Here's ways of embracing a continuous learning mindset. This is a simple one, reading, just read. Now, what you read is important. So, but your reading had an interview with someone recently on the podcast that they brought this up. They do study every day. And they said, if you just study to gather info so that you can teach it, share it or whatever, you may not be tapping into this growth mindset. You need to be reading to change and grow yourself. If you change and grow yourself, that will spill over to other people and what you do with other people. So read to grow. Uh, attend workshops, trainings, get around other people. Those are also ways, strategies to embrace continuous learning. And big one here, have a coach. Listen, you want to be stretched? Get a coach. I've got a client that I work with that's the head of an organization and they, they sent me a video the other day, and I won't go into some of the details, but I can tell by the tone of their voice that they were offended by an interaction from a potential client that they had. I mean, they were just upset about it and ticked about it. And they were asking about the technique of the way they dealt with it and things like that. And I basically, in my response said, you know, I do want to mention one thing. I could tell that you're very offended by the way this person interacted with you. And probably the technique is going to be irrelevant unless you kind of clear that out of your head. And so I think we are really able to grow when we've got some form of a mentor, coach, team, group, people around us that will stretch us and help us grow. They'll bring us into doing new things, breaking the ruts in our life and just getting out of our stodgy habits. You know, we can get in a rut of doing the same thing over and over again. 
And it is very powerful, very helpful as far as a growth mindset to just break those habits, get out of that rut. Um, so those are some examples and some ways that you can have a growth mindset, to be in the growth mode, to, uh, to make sure that you are learning and you have that learning mindset that helps with emotional intelligence. So let's look at, let's see, we are at tip number seven, the last one. And it's one that I want to kind of tie in the spiritual aspect of things to that soul or that emotional intelligence that we were talking about. It is important, I believe, because of our faith. If you're someone of integrity, someone who shares the faith that I have, or maybe whatever faith you have, is to lead by example and model the behavior and values that align with your faith. That's just something that we, I think it's important with emotional intelligence because if your values aren't aligned with your EQ or your emotional intelligence, then you know what? There's going to be battles that are going on inside you. And if battles are going on inside you, it's going to create stress. And if you're creating stress, I'm going to go back to that pressure cooker. You are going to start building up pressure. And then what it does is it makes it difficult for you to think clearly, like we discussed earlier, interact with other people, understand yourself better. All of the things become harder. So you want to get aligned, lead by example, and model the behavior that you need to model. That's the importance of leading by example in emotional intelligence. Things like integrity. What you do lines up with what you say. That's not being a hypocrite. Your words and your actions are in alignment. You know, there's a word called humility. Being somewhat humble and admitting that you don't know everything and you're not the greatest thing ever. Somebody needed to hear that. I need to hear that at times. Uh, admitting when you are wrong. That's an important value and behavior for us. And you know what? We will be wrong. Let me go ahead and just say it. I, you, we will be wrong and we need to admit that. And I'll share a quick example related to that. Had a, I'm actually working on a project with my son and my son actually is the engineer editor for this podcast. So he's going to hear this. There was a situation the other day where we were working together. We were riding in the car. He was working on a project that I was trying to help him with. And the project was not going the way he wanted to. And he got fairly upset by it. And I got upset because he got upset. And, you know, neither one of us were right nor wrong, but I did not handle it well. Um, later, I just recognized, you know what? I need to tell him that I was wrong. And when I brought it up, he said, you know what? I was wrong too. And both of us kind of admitted, you know what? We need to do better in those situations. And so we're trying to do that and we're still working on the project and he's editing this podcast. So he's hearing this. So anyway, thanks for all you do, uh, JK. I appreciate all that you do. And I apologize if sometimes I respond in a tough way there anyway, but admitting that we're wrong, that's an important aspect of living our values and just being more humble. Um, you know what? Uh, it's important that we are constantly reminding ourselves of who we are, spirit, soul, and body. And I mean, that's where, you know, some of our, 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 our church groups, our spiritual groups, our, our accountability groups, our groups that kind of help us stay grounded 
are, are something that's very important here. That's an important strategy. I think, said this before, I believe that having someone that can speak into your life, mentor, coach, leader, pastor, someone you report to, someone that can hold you accountable, that is so important. So that's a great strategy there. And so it's one of the reasons why leading by example is one of the best ways that we can improve our leadership skills and our relationships, especially in the areas of leadership, business, and in ministry. And, you know, as I kind of wrap up here, I just want to mention that really emotional intelligence, and this is specifically for those people that are followers of Christ, it is really exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5, 22, 23. And listen to these. These are the fruits of the Spirit. This is if we are followers of Christ, if we are spiritual beings, if we are submitting ourselves like we claim to do, this is what we should be showing. And I want you to really listen to this and <laughs> say, Tim, this is probably what we should have been teaching on. It really ex exemplifies uh, the emotional intelligence. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, excuse me, are listed in Galatians, and they really exhibit, they exemplify everything that is emotional intelligence. I hope this has helped. I hope that you're able to take some notes from this and use this, use the examples we've talked about. I know that myself, I may need to listen to this a few times, share this with other people. You probably know people that need to hear this. If you're listening to it on the podcast or watching on YouTube or even reading the notes, share this because I believe that a lot of us, a lot of people need to hear this, not just once, but over and over. And I want to remind you of one thing as I wrap up here. This is not a training course that you go get trained on. You get it and you forget about it and you just tuck it away. This is not a destination. It is a journey. It is a process, not an event. Just remember emotional intelligence, the power of emotional intelligence. It is really the way that you will become an effective leader and be effective in your relationship. So I hope these tips have helped. I hope this has been a great episode and I hope to uh, session for you. And uh, I just want you to continue continue listening in here on Seek Go Create. We've got so many things going up. We're actually working on uh, a guide that we're going to give away, actually. So keep a listen out for this, that we're going to give away that goes into more details on this topic and some others related to leadership and redefining success. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, make sure you subscribe. We've got new episodes every Monday. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.